tell me a little more about how Hard Times Come Again No More came up. Did Jim reach out to you? Did you contact Jim? Why this song? You know, there's plenty of classic songs that speak to the moment that we're in. Uh, you know, why, why this song? Why with Jim? How did this happen? I wish I could tell you. <laughs> uh, I, I just don't, I really don't know. I just woke up one morning and the song was in my mind. Mm. And it, did, it, it had either been lingering from a dream or something, I don't know. But I woke up and the song was there. And mm. it was a song I was familiar with. A number of people have recorded it over the years. Sure. Uh, and I, uh, I thought, really? <laughs> Me? You know? Uh, but when these things come to you, you know, you, you have a choice of going with it or letting it pass. Mm -hmm. And I decided to see if anyone else was as uh, interested in it as I was. And so I had a very brief conversation with Jim Wilson about 10 years earlier. Mm. Uh, and I had never met the guy, but I was familiar with his work and I liked it. I thought his style was very American. Uh, it's, it's a unique style that's sort of like Randy Newman, or mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but sure. it was. it's a very unique piano style mm -hmm. that is built upon something that is uniquely uh, born of the U.S. Mm. Uh, and... In other words, I loved his taste in chord changes and structure. And uh, I wrote to him uh, 10 years earlier saying, you know, you probably never heard of me, <laughs> but I'm just another guy that likes your stuff. And he wrote back and said, of course I heard of you. I, I thank you so much for writing. And that was the end of it. <laughs> Until I woke up last, sometime last April, and I thought, who can I work with? Uh, that has the same uh, sense of of uh, I don't know what it is Americana mm. that that I had. Who who would agree with me on chord structures and changes? And I thought, you know, that guy Jim Wilson. <laughs> and so I wrote to him and I said, Jim, you haven't heard from me in a decade, but. <laughs> Uh, what do you think about this idea? And I bent his ear, or his eye in this case, uh, with a few emails back and forth. He said, I'm on it. I said, really? Okay, let's go. And we started exchanging uh, files uh, across the Internet, uh, music files, lyric files, you know, all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. until... Finally, I had an arrangement from him, structure, structurally, that I thought uh, I wanted to, to work with. And I uh, added a vocal to it and sent it off to him. And he uh, built onto, onto that with friends that he had on the West Coast. Uh, and we finally... Uh, you know, 
created a, a piece of music that I thought was just terrific. Mm-hmm. It's, it's still not popular music. It's not country. It's not rock and roll. It's not hip hop. It's not, you know, anything like that. It is what it is. It's old school Americana. Mm-hmm. And for those people who would enjoy that kind of stuff, it's probably, you know, uh, worth listening to. And for most people, it probably isn't. But <laughs> it, it's worth. it was worth my time and effort uh, to work on the project and to get it done. Is there a favorite line that stands out from the song or a particular verse that you know, sticks with you or has been most powerful for you in, in kind of turning to in this time? Well, I thought that, I mean, the song overall... Oh, absolutely, uh, yeah. ...has a quality to it that is that it is not finger-pointing. Sure. It's not saying somebody's to blame, uh, although I may feel that way personally. <laughs> this song does, does not... Uh, in, include any of that mm-hmm. uh, this it's a song that uh, takes into account the struggles that people are going through in difficult times and it was Jim's idea to add to it a final verse that would be more hopeful mm-hmm. and although he's not a lyricist necessarily and neither am I uh, but I've had a little more practice at it, <laughs> and so he sent me, uh, you know, some lyrics, and I tweaked them and, you know, played with them until it was something that uh, would work for me to sing. And so we put together a, a verse that was not in the original Stephen Foster song, mm-hmm. and so that's become my favorite part because it doesn't. It's not only a song of doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is what people are feeling in the moment, but it also adds a note of hope. And I think we need that, too. So uh, that has become the favorite part of my of the song at this point. People write me and say, where are the protest singers? And I said, well, they're out there, uh, <laughs> but they got names like, you know, that are crazy, and... Uh, they may not look like you and me mm-hmm. uh, or sound like the kind of music we used to make, but they're there. And it, it's true. Uh, I don't listen to it either. It's not my thing. Uh, I don't understand. I mean, you know, I, I'm a musician, so I can appreciate structure and lyric and rhythm. Uh, but most of the new material that has come out in the last, I would say, uh, five years mm. is is really a, a computer generated. It's not a bunch of guys sitting around coming up with something. Mm-hmm. The art has gone from from working together to a single guy or a couple of guys in a studio adding bits and pieces of stuff mm-hmm. to come up with a formula that they think will resonate. And for the most part, they're right. Uh, it does resonate to a younger crowd. Um, and so it's, the music is there. But from, for somebody like myself, uh, whose bread and butter has always been suspicion of authority, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's always been good 
to question authority. And that doesn't matter, by the way, if the authority is left, right, center, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's always because the power is the same. And the power is, in my mind, equally as offensive and corrupt, uh, corruptible. Mm -hmm. And so, I, I frankly, I look forward to uh, being suspicious of a different authority sure. uh, <laughs> in the near future. But the suspicion will still be there, and I will hold whoever is in a position of authority to account as best I can with the kind of music and the kind of humor that I have, even if it's not popular. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what I do. But if you're looking for anger and if you're looking for angst and if you're looking for uh, stuff of that ilk, you will have to look at another generation of people, not mine. Mm-hmm. You won't find it there. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting how it's, uh, like you said, it's still protest music. It still resonates with a certain group of people. Um, it's still in response to a system of power, but it's a different, it's a different take on it, generationally. It's a totally different take, and, mm-hmm. it's, a, and it's produced differently, and it's sold differently, and it's marketed differently. Oh, yeah. And you know, everything, everything about it is not something I'm familiar with. And it's not something, frankly, I want to be familiar with. I mean, I got got better things to do at my age than to try and keep up with the world that's moving faster than me. (laughs) You know, I'm comfortable with people uh, uh, of my own generation. I'm even comfortable with people of my kids' generation. But when it comes to my grandkids, uh, they're... They got a whole different sense of music. They also mm-hmm. have, uh, you know, in my particular case, they also have a sense of what is important to me and what kind of music is important to me. So, because they grew up with that. Uh, but that's because we're a musical family and we've toured together and we've played on stage together. But most young people don't have that, they don't even speak that language. Mm-hmm. Music is a, is a language, and the music language that is spoken now is uh, very uh, is a dialect of what we used to speak, which mm-hmm. in itself was a dialect of something else. Mm-hmm. So it keeps moving, it keeps changing. Uh, the words mean different things. Uh, the intensity is different, and that all has to do with. Uh, cultural shift you know that the world is changing sure. and it's going to be different in 20 years from now uh and i wanted i remember thinking to myself when i was a young kid what kind of songs could i sing as an old guy mm. and i thought i want to sing the kind of songs now as a young kid that i can still sing you know in my 70s mm-hmm. and I can't imagine, uh, I mean, I'm impressed that Mick Jagger can still do it, <laughs> you know, I'm impressed that McCartney can still do it, uh, that they can sing the kind of songs and perform the kind of songs uh, that they were doing 50 years ago. Yeah. But, but I can't imagine 
people the kind of music that is popular today being done by the same artist 50 years from now. Sure. Yeah, it's just a different, made a different way, like you said. Yeah, it's 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 different, and I, I think it's short-sighted. Sure. Because if you don't have the same youthful energy, and if you don't have the same angst, and you don't have the same, uh, I don't know, whatever it takes to be, you know, if you, I remember being 18 and 19 and 20, and it seemed like nobody over 30 understood what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And, and now I'm in my 70s, and it's nobody under 30 <laughs> knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, I think, you know, music becomes the soundtrack of your life. You know, if your girlfriend leaves or your boyfriend leaves or your dog dies or something happens... The music that is popular at that time that you're hearing on the radio will always remind you of those moments. Mm. They become indelible parts of your life. Uh, That is always true. And I think that the hopefulness of some of the best of the music that is on the radio today will resonate with people for a very long time. Mm. And it's not the style, but it's the it's the hope, it's the uh, awareness of what needs to happen uh, in order to make the world a little bit better. There are times when it sucks, no question about it, mm-hmm. and when you have a rise in authoritarianism around the world, not just here in this country. Uh, it just means that more people are going to suffer. Mm. And I'm a person that hope, that is optimistic, that that suffering that we all have to endure will not prevail. Um, we will get out of this. We will reach beyond the pandemic. We will reach beyond the political and cultural wars. And we will enter into a different age. That's going to happen no matter who the president is, no matter what the story is, no matter what the divides are, we will overcome it. We mm-hmm. always, I mean, if we survive at all, of course, an asteroid could come <laughs> and destroy everything. But aside from natural catastrophes, sure. the kind that always concerned me were the man-made catastrophes, the, mm-hmm. the catastrophes that don't need to be here. Life is tough enough with natural disasters, you don't need to add to it on purpose. Yes. And that's, that is my philosophy. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard enough getting through life without sadness and without struggle and without sorrow and without uh, catastrophe. Uh, it's hard enough getting through it naturally. When somebody adds to it on purpose, I get pissed off. Sure. And so, uh, you know, I, I think there are a number of young people who feel that way. They, they're, what is it, catastrophic to them may be a little different than what is catastrophic to me, but the idea <laughs> is the same. Absolutely. That, you know, that we will get through it. And uh, some people get suckered into thinking we won't. Uh, I'm not one of them. I don't buy it. 
we will come out ahead. Uh, it's just a matter of how many people have to suffer in the meantime. And the less people that have to suffer in the meantime, the better as far as I'm concerned. Yes. And I feel like that's exactly what your your song is saying as well. Well, that's why I like the song. Yeah. 